the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Okay, well, welcome to the Bullington Capital Report. Man, I haven't said that for a long time. (laughs) Anyway, got a lot of stuff going on this week. It's a uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I'd like to see what's been happening in financial markets over time. You know, it's it's really amazing to me that the more it changes, the more it kind of stays the same. And everything's faster now, though. I mean, it is faster. The cycles are so much quicker than they used to be. And that's kind of a big deal. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that on today's show, how quickly the cycles are there, what you need to do about it from an investing standpoint. Um, probably going to talk about some other things like the risk during retirement, longevity risk. That means basically outliving your money. What is the new safest withdrawal rates based on new projections of what returns might be? That's a big deal. You don't want to be spending too much money too early in your retirement. Otherwise, you end up not having enough to to make it all the way through. That's a problem. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, um, healthcare costs. That's a big concern. I guess the top two concerns of people nearing retirement or in retirement are running out of money and being able to pay for their healthcare. And I get it. I really do. So we'll be talking about a lot of that stuff on today's show. Feel free to call me, by the way, during the week. If you hear something on this show and you have a question about it, don't hesitate to leave us a message or or try to get a hold of me. Oftentimes, I'll pick up my phone. Um, so you can go to my website, which is at bullingtoncapital.com. There's the phone number, which is 330-664-0700. Feel free to give us a call there anytime. Uh, you can leave a message if we're not in, and somebody will try to get back to you within the next 24 hours. So... Uh, I, I always forget to mention that, that yes, we are available and we can talk with people and uh, um, I'd encourage you to do that. So if you have you hear anything on this show that you have questions about, if you have questions about investing or if you have questions about how do I make my money last or, uh, man, we get questions on a lot of financial things. In fact, it's over the years I've had so many experiences and it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. People will... <laughs> when they go to get a car, get a car lease, says, hey, can you look at these leases for me? And I, I, I don't mind. The uh, I'll look at the leases. Um, I've learned a lot about car leasing that way, and uh, which is another big expenditure. If you think about it, the uh, two biggest expenditures the average American makes are on their house and on their cars. 
Yeah, and now the uh, a lot of car payments are what mortgages used to be. So, yeah, we don't mind answering uh, any of those questions. And I'm naturally curious anyway. So when I get a, a question like that, whether or not I, you even decide that you want to hear the answer, I probably am going to look it up anyway, <laughs> because that's just how I am. Uh, you, you start the ball rolling and it's hard to stop. So anyway, so anything related to financial, personal financial uh, planning that you've got questions, IRA distributions, required minimum distributions, uh, how much can I put in an IRA? What can I save? That's a... Um, these are the types of things that, that we spend an awful lot of our time talking about. We also spend a lot of time talking about investing, which is um, basically uh, I do it because I love it. I, I really believe that the average person needs to be in a diversified portfolio now uh, because it's so much easier to do and it's so much easier to tell what you actually have. What you don't need to do is hold a bunch of mutual funds that may be holding the same stocks. That's not diversification. If, if you've got 40 funds, and I'm, by the way, I've had more than one client who had more than 40 different investments, uh, 40 funds in their portfolios, and they were spread out all over the place. They weren't consolidated into one or two accounts. Many of the uh, accounts were at the mutual fund companies, which means you get a separate statement for that, which is really hard to keep organized, by the way. Anyway, when I got it together, what we did was we put all the holdings that they had in, I uh, use a, uh, an institutional version of Morningstar. It's very expensive because of what it does. <laughs> we can take all those holdings that they have. We can put them in the uh, Morningstar. We can even put the dollar amounts that are in there and it will show you the overlap in the funds. And what I thought was uh, kind of funny was that most of their funds were holding the same stocks. And there were, there were quite a few stocks where all 40 of the funds were holding the same stock. So you're defeating the purpose of, you know, that, well, the original intent of diversification when you're buying the same funds or the funds that are holding the same kind of stocks. I mean, that's just really complicating your life for no reason. And uh, kind of cool how today with the modern tools that we have, uh, what we can do and the kinds of things that we can see. And uh, so anyway, if you, uh, if you have uh, a portfolio, you'd like me to take a look just to see, are you really diversified uh, or are you carrying a bunch of funds that are holding the same stocks? Yeah, then we'd be glad to do that for you if you're a client. Um, if you're not a client, it's relatively easy to become a client and we don't really gauge on uh, how much money you have. We, I really gauge on how nice of a person you are, believe it or not. The, uh, because you know, I'm getting old <laughs> and I like to deal with people that are nice people. So I'm going to be nice. And, and I just, uh, you know, it, it's a good feeling to sit down and uh, be able to have a normal, easy conversation because I'm going to tell you life is going to get rough. It, it just does. It's just the nature of life. You're going to go through hard times and uh, it's, uh, the nice people that are diligent, uh, hardworking, um, really the ones that are, have the best chances of success, mainly because of their demeanor. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of a good thing. So getting off the, off the subject here. Yeah. The real subjects are, you know, what do we do now? 
um, this is the real subject today. I've, I've heard so many people talking about the stock market's going to peak. It, you know, we're going into recession. It's going to be really bad. The, uh, you know, I don't see it. Uh, not yet. And there is a, uh, there are several economists that I like to read and they don't see it either. And these guys have been spot on. In fact, I'm trying to, I don't want to mention their names right now because uh, I'm trying to get them on my radio program and uh, I don't want to get everybody all excited and then, uh, you know, they don't have time for us. But I think we'll be able to, I think we're going to be able to get my one favorite economist, by the way, works for a, a company that uh, is a money management firm that does not sell direct, directly to the public. They only deal with people like myself. And they're, I think, the second or third largest ETF provider uh, in the country. And so they've been very successful. And this guy's got a very practical view. He's you know, PhD. You know, he's, he could be working at a number of places uh, outside of this place. I'm sure he'd get a lot more money working at some of those places than he makes working for the company that he works for. But he really likes it there. And uh, so I get that. And he puts out some really nice material. And uh, anyway, um, I'll get his permission to use some of his information and, and his name, and then uh, we'll talk about him. Maybe I can get him on the show. That'd be awesome. But anyway, reading uh, his writing is very uplifting and because he's practical. You know, he recognizes the challenges, talks to the challenges, but then he talks about the things that are going on that are positive. And I'm telling you, I've been watching financial markets for over 30 years now in the industry as a as a professional. When I first started, I really didn't know much more than the average person did, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I passed all the tests, but I really didn't understand really how those things worked. I just could pass the test. Big difference. And after a few years, I, you know, I felt like I really knew a lot more. After about 10 years, I knew a whole lot more. And now I know more than I did then. But the bottom line is it, it can take a long time to figure out, first of all, what to listen to uh, and kind of what's correct, what you can know and what you can't possibly know. See, that that's the real catch there. People come up and try to convince you that they can know the unknowable. It happens every day. It's a big part of the industry that I'm in. It's one of the reasons that we all have jobs, by the way, because you've got a bunch of people out there that are saying things that you know may not be accurate. Now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just going to assume that they don't know any better because if I assume the other thing, that just makes me feel bad. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff out there, well-meaning, uh, but some people, they just don't get it, you know, and I think it's like singing or art or any other talent. Some people understand how economies work. Some people are really good at business and some people aren't. And you know exactly what I'm talking about driving around out there. You've met people like that. Some people are really good at math. You know, some people can paint and everybody has their skills and talents. And I, and I realistically, I, I think that's actually part of the master plan that we have to actually learn to get along because we need each other <laughs> because we can't really do this by ourselves. And I think that is, uh, I think it is hilarious actually that it uh, works out that way. And uh, I think it's, it's genius. You know, I think that is a real genius thing to do. Make the, uh, let's create societies where people actually have to depend on each other. And, you know, I'm sure God sits back and laughs every day. <laughs> <laughs> not always, but uh, you know, anyway, so 
meeting people and understanding. You know, it takes a long time, takes a lot of effort to really to really determine what you need to know, what you can know, what you can't know, what kind of things can you control, what can you not control. How do you put yourself in the best position to reach the kind of goals that you want to reach? And that's going to be different depending on your personality. It's going to be different depending on your education level. I see an awful lot of people taking more risk than they're aware of. They just don't know. And somebody showed them some stuff, showed them some data was incomplete. And they made some decisions. And, you know, actually what's really rough about that is they're going to find out that they're taking too much risk after it's too late to do anything about it. That's when you find out. And that's pretty hard. I'm uh, not really fond of learning that way. When you're learning that way, you are, uh, um, you know, that's called the school of hard knocks. And believe me, I've graduated from three or four of those universities. <laughs> I have multiple diplomas from the schools of hard knocks out there. The, uh, and it's a tough way to learn. And I've always said experience is the best teacher, but I prefer it today if it were someone else's experience. <laughs> and I can just learn and and be a, a uh, an observer of what they're doing so that I can actually modify my behavior. Anyway, I, I think I have a uh, commercial break coming up here relatively soon. So you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. Also available on The Fish as a podcast, 955thefish.com. Stay tuned because we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, I like that music. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, by the way, you should, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, coming driving into work in the morning now, I only have a five-minute drive, by the way. <laughs> it's literally five minutes from my office where I live. <laughs> I know. I, everybody's jealous. <laughs> I get it. But the, uh, so I start playing the fish at home, and then I put it in the car when I'm going. It is, uh, it is really, yeah, I, you should listen to that, that station. You want to get uplifting things, especially if you're like me, I am not a morning person. <laughs> I mean, I come out of bed. I have to drag myself out of bed. It takes me 45 minutes to an hour to really get going in the morning. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'll hit the radio station. The fish is up there. The, uh, I'm listening to it. Occasionally I do uh, listen to WHK too, uh, cause they've got some pretty interesting talk radio on there in the morning. So, but either one of those stations, uh, you know, they're uplifting. Well, I guess the the fish is the most uplifting. I would say if I had to vote 
across the country. And when I go across the country, it's really interesting because I, I listen to the other uh, Christian-based radio stations to kind of compare. And I believe people are copying the format here uh, in Cleveland. When I go to other areas, and by the way, not very many of them are as good as they are here. The uh, uh, they're, they're getting close, but they're not as, uh, I, we're ahead. Uh, this is one of the areas that it leads. If you're an advertiser, you own a small business, I, um, I've really gotten more uh, out of that, the advertising I do. And they're a sister station, by the way. They're, we are owned by the same company. So that's a, uh, I'm, I'm allowed to say this stuff. <laughs> it's a really good uh, setup there. And I think the combination of the two, the two stations has been really good. So you can pick up this radio program on the Fish's podcast uh, on the 955thefish.com. Yeah, we do a lot of advertising there, and uh, it's actually this show, the one that airs on 1420, that they convert into a podcast. So pretty nice, and uh, I just say call the uh, uh, station there if you want to learn more about uh, how to help market your small business or big business. doesn't really matter. Actually, bigger ones probably do better because you got bigger budgets. (laughs) But anyway, so we're we're talking about all kinds of things the first 15 minutes, and uh, here goes my... uh, that's pretty funny. Let's see a uh, phone call that came through on my watch, by the way, the, uh, which is really interesting. I don't know if any of you guys have those uh, uh, cell phone watches, but uh, I think it's ten or fifteen bucks a month, you know, for line access, and it's actually independent of your phone. By the way, uh, it has its own number, and you can make and receive calls on it. It is, uh, it's a riot. Not that I, c- I couldn't believe how cheap it was, actually. But uh, you can even do text. It'll convert your voice to text and send the text. So that is amazing. It goes right back to a lot of the things that, you know, we've been talking about here for the past mm, probably a couple of years now is the uh, advent and rollout of, of 5G, which is really helping. That's one thing you know, that I did want to talk a little bit about today um, that would kind of started leading towards earlier when we were talking about the economics uh, reporters or the actually journalists who are really economists who basically just publish their opinions. And one of the uh, things that they're not really talking a lot about, they're starting to, but are the developments in technology that are leading the GDP growth. And by the way, these, uh, so I, I really believe that technology funds, they're pretty volatile. Okay. But technology funds probably in a really good spot going forward. Some of the indexes, like the Russell Midcap Growth, uh, the actually the uh, Russell One Thousand, the large cap growth, also heavy in they're heavily weighted in technology stocks. I think those make a lot of sense right now. Probably will for the next four to five years. I'd give you some advice there, though. Buckle up <laughs> because those stocks are really volatile, but they're doing very well. And the 5G thing, a lot of the the companies that are doing well today are going to benefit directly from that. Let me give you an example of a company that direct, that benefited for 40 years over the increases in technology. And that's a company called ADP. You look at uh, ADP going back into the 60s. Here, I actually, I have the prices going back to 1984. So split adjusted price, that means... For all the, you know, if you bought it, you paid a higher price, but they split it, and we're going to adjust it for the, all those splits, is right around $1.65. 
The stock is 165. So that's pretty good, right? It did have a really long time period. Remember when all the uh, internet stocks were flying up in the year 2000? It had gotten to 52 bucks. Well, it's at 165 now. That's not a really good, that's not a huge return because that was 19 years ago. It's still, you know, better than a sharp stick in the eye, but you know, all of the things being equal, the stock got overpriced and then it went sideways for about 12 years. And that's what happens when stocks get overpriced, when they get really overpriced. The good news is a lot of those stocks are not overpriced. A lot of some of them are, but not by as nearly the levels that they were in the late 90s. And the companies are growing faster than they were in the late 90s. That's a big deal. If you have growth that's faster than it was, in, which is mind-boggling because in the late 90s, you know, technology stocks were flying. I mean, their growth rates were astronomical. And I'm telling you today that the growth rates in a, in a lot of those industries are slightly higher than they were back then. The, the one thing that isn't similar is the valuation. They're more undervalued today than they were in the late 90s. Now, there are some that are either at or above, slightly above where they should be, but there are an awful lot of these companies that are selling at valuations that are very good. They're very good, at, particularly given the growth rates that they're experiencing and the ones they're most likely to experience going forward. Why is this important? See, because if you have someone that your money invested that way, it helps. It's going to help you over the next five or 10 years. It's going to help you over the next 10 to 20 years. Because if you have some of the money in there that's growing a little faster, and some of those funds, by the way, actually have dividends too. They're not big because when a company is growing real fast, it has a tendency not to pay out a ton of its profits as a dividend. It tends to reinvest those profits to try to grow their earnings, sales, and profits even more. And they'd like to grow them at a faster rate. At some point in time, the company will determine whether or not they're going to pay a dividend. And it's based on the future they see as far as the growth rate. When the growth rate starts to slow down, then they start to pay out dividends because they're having problems finding areas to invest in. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, some of the board of directors have been there for years and years and years and see them. It's nice when somebody has a whole bunch of shares to start getting income from those shares. So a lot of uh, different reasons to have a dividend. But you know, going after dividend stocks typically means lower growth. So having some portion of your money invested in funds that are more heavily invested in technology, I think is a good idea, particularly now. Because of the 5G thing, I know everybody's probably tired of hearing me talk about uh, you know, I talked about the electric cars several years before they became mainstream and uh, people got tired of that too. And a lot of the uh, benefactors of that industry were actually the same benefactors that are going forward in the, you know, the new technology, the fifth generation internet, because the driverless cars were a big part of that. That's actually one of the biggest, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, the, the objectives of 5G was really, it was initially so that you could have driverless cars. And then later, that you know, people realized, hey, wait a minute, we, you know, we can actually broadcast television on this. We can use it for, well, we are going to use it for cell phones. That, that's the other part of the application. The two big applications initially, cell phone use and driverless cars. And then they realized that we could do anything on this. We could do 
wide area networks. Remember those? They call them WANs. <laughs> that terminology hasn't been used for a long time, so I'm dating myself there. But they were used for that. You're not going to need that anymore. The speeds on your local internet are going to pick up faster. The Internet of Things, that's uh, machines talking to one another. That's going to happen a whole lot quicker. The uh, There's just an awful lot of stuff. This, this is actually going to affect the way we all live. They're calling it the fifth or sixth, depending on the magazine article you're reading or the uh, publication, fifth or sixth industrial revolution. And I get it. This is where things are going right now. It's we're in a kind of a Goldilocks type period where maybe some stocks are a little overpriced. Most of them are right around where they should be, but the growth rate is picking up, probably going to accelerate a little bit more. The, uh, why do I say that? Well, because these things take, they take time. They take time to roll out and it's not like you can go on, on one. You, you can't put it just on one speed and say, okay, we're just going to maintain this. You can try, but that generally doesn't work that well. So, you know, it's still going to be a bumpy ride because there's still stocks. You still got people and their emotions are involved and, you know, whatever they're watching on television makes them buy or sell and trade in their 401ks and uh, some of the uh, um, other you know, personal investments, all the IRAs that are out there. Boy, I, you know, it's uh, for a long time, it looked like the government was going to try to tell us how to manage your money for you. And I, I know why. <laughs> I know why. And it looks like the, uh, some of those things are not going to, they're not going to be necessary, but oftentimes, you know what, the, uh, some pretty generic stuff actually tends to do very well if you give it enough time and to, to overweight certain things. Like if you have a fund that's going to be overweight in technology or it specializes in technology, I think it's good to have maybe five, 10% of your, your money invested in something like that. Maybe even 15 or 20%, depending on how old you are. And, uh, and I've talked a lot about the semiconductor industry, and it, it, it's a direct beneficiary of all these changes. And I think that still, it's a, it's a really good place to be. Going forward, there are going to be other industries that are joining that one. Um, almost all industries will join eventually because the people that are buying these devices, and when I say device, I'm not talking about smartphones, which are affected and watches. I'm talking about everything. This is going to go into your computers or your, I'm sorry, your refrigerators going into your light bulbs. You know, your light bulbs are going to be smart bulbs in the future. And you're going to have this little device that's showing you how much electricity you're using. That is available today. You can get this today. It's just a little more expensive. And there was that particular service is not even that expensive. Actually, Google owns it. I forgot what it was. I, I bought it for a, when I lived in uh, a place a few years ago. Actually, I had that over 10 years ago. It would literally tell you what the usage of your electricity was, and you could control this from your cell phone. Okay, that's still here. It was a little complicated, very, you know, a little difficult to use, a little wonky, kind of the same way all technologies are when they first roll out. It's improved significantly since then, and that's going to help uh, a whole bunch of people. You know, it'll help some people save money. Now, when I say save money, it, it br brings the ears up of a lot of uh, people who like to listen to economics. Saving money means not spending quite as much like, oh, no, you know, that yeah, that could be recessionary. Um, fat chance. <laughs> 
The money they save over there has a tendency to find its way somewhere else. And typically it's retail sales, and I'm sure Amazon's very glad to hear about that. So, uh, Amazon, did anybody take advantage of the Prime Day? I, I don't know. I went into uh, one of the, uh, what do they call the stores? Whole Foods Markets that Amazon bought. Boy, if that, that firm is just really smart. I mean, Jeff Bezos and all the people that he's got working there, he hires talented people and they work hard. I went into this place. Boy, has it changed. And, and for the better, I, I like it. I really like what they've done there. And I like the fact that I'm a member of Prime, so I got 10% off. I'm like, what? The uh, price levels, you know, hopefully markets used to be super expensive. They still carry a lot of those high-end lines. And, you know, the higher quality stuff you're going to pay more for. Um, but they've also come in with some other brands that are either at or below what you can get at discount grocery stores. What? You know, how does that work? How do you do that? <laughs> how do you merge Nordstrom's and Kmart? <laughs> I'm sure they're very offended by that comment. <laughs> I take that back. But the uh, no, they've, they've got some brands that they created that are more, um, uh, they're lower priced, bottom line. And so I'm buying and I'm comparing and I'm looking at, uh, you know, the the Amazon brand that's disguised and I'm buying the, the ones that I really like. And I'm saying, OK, which ones of these are, are the better ones? So which ones am I, am I worth it? Is it worth it to spend the more money to get the brands I like or is this lower price brand pretty good? And that's Amazon. I can't believe it. Yeah, those guys are just incredibly intelligent there. Does that mean that I love the stock? Not really. The uh and by the way, the stock's okay. We'll talk about it when we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. This year's felt like four seasons of winter. And you'd give anything to feel the sun. Always raging, always climbing, always second guess. I was thinking to myself, made a list of all my mistakes. Oh, I wish I could have run to you and tell you all about my heartbreak. And we're back. Hey, my name is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 AM. You can go to my website if you'd like to learn a little bit more about me. It's uh, BullingtonCapital.com. And you can uh, also see my uh, two partners there. And uh, by the way, you know, a lot of people think, well, you guys are a super small firm. Yes, we are. But our custodians are Fidelity and E-Trade. So we have teams of people at both of those establishments, uh, and we have access to everything anybody on the planet has access to. And actually, we don't have nearly as many restrictions as a lot of people who may work for someone else, uh, which is the, uh, one of the reasons I decided to start my own firm. I wanted to be able to do whatever I thought was the best for my clients. That's just how it roll, how I roll. So, anyway, we're not influenced, uh, or when I, when I, I shouldn't say I'm not influenced because I really like a lot of the research I have access to that I wouldn't have seen. By the way, uh, much of it I wouldn't have seen had I stayed at a, uh, you know, a one of the bigger firms. And uh, but I just don't want people to to think that when you deal with Bullington Capital, we're basically working for you. 
We're kind of like a, a subcontractor. You hire us to do a job. We're going to deal with Fidelity. We're going to deal with E-Trade. We're going to get things set up for you. There's an awful lot of stuff that goes on there. You get to retirement, you want to start drawing off of your assets. You got to make sure those transfers are made each month. At the end of the year, you need to know what the required minimum distributions are. So we'll help you with that. Um, you have tax questions. We have a retained, uh, we have a re- I pay a retainer every year for an enrolled agent who can answer the questions for you. And uh, throughout the years, I've got a lot of contacts in both the accounting and legal fields. So even though we're small, we're more flexible and can get you exactly what you need, not just whatever our particular company offers. So we're free to go outside and find the right products, which I think is really cool. That's actually why I wanted to do this. I didn't want to be held back. And I didn't want to be putting people in a product that I didn't believe in because it was the only one I had to offer. You know, that's, I just, I didn't like that idea at all. And, uh, you know, a lot of the bigger firms have, have actually come around a little bit on a lot of that stuff. Um, in fact, a lot of them do a really good job. Uh, some of them do a, an excellent job. There's just always that little thing in the back of your mind, you know, is this something that the company put out as a directive or is this what my advisor thinks is the right thing to do? And uh, I just never wanted to have to worry about that. You know, and that was so important to me that I left. I left a really good position, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it ended up costing me a fortune. But the uh, uh, but I don't care. The uh, that that wasn't the most important thing. So anyway, I, I just my whole point to this is we have a ton of people and resources, and we have better access to them than I've ever had in my career. In fact, the E Trade thing is relatively new. They bought a company. Their platform, uh, they, they're upgrading it almost every day. Uh, it's amazing what it can do. My Actually, my head hurts trying to get my arms around the whole thing <laughs> because it is really complicated. And one of the things that we're going to be able to do there, one of the things I really like doing is being able to customize portfolios to a much higher level than I was able to at any of my other um, custodians. And the cost is actually lower than a lot of the others. The lowest cost, by the way, is Fidelity, but the uh, but there's some restrictions at Fidelity that you know it's one of the reasons we have E-Trade. I want to be able to go in and buy some stocks, individual stocks, like Discover Financial Services. You know, I that stock goes down, I'll keep buying it, and I've talked about it since the day I I bought it here, and which is really funny because I'm actually the symbol is DFS. By the way, I was just trying to pull up the chart on it, and the chart's okay. It actually just looks like, you know, if you look at the William O'Neill stuff, it looks like the cup and the handle and it's just pulled back a little bit. So I don't know if you, uh, how many people out there remember that old cup and handle thing? I don't believe in it, by the way. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. But stock's about 80 bucks and it's got a nice, this is actually close to its all-time high. The uh, and But the stock is not overpriced. This is one of the things I was talking about. There's a lot of companies that are out there they're good companies. I already disclosed that I own this stock, by the way. And everybody that I bought it for is kind of uh, mad at me. <laughs> they got mad because they wanted a stock that was going to skyrocket. And uh, I don't know. I don't even know what my cost basis is on it. I'll have to go look that up. It's somewhere in the 60s, somewhere in the uh, mid mid to high 60s. It's only 80 bucks. And I've had uh, I've held on to it for now, I don't know, three or four years. The uh, Actually, two years. But um, so it's, you know, it's a pretty decent return. It's got a dividend that's 
Here's the thing I like about a company like that, and this is one of the things that makes Bullington Capital different. We have the option. You've got the ability to do this. With E-Trade, I can come in and put, well, we do now anyway, The uh, I can come in. If you want to buy some of the stocks that I'm buying, the individual stocks, we're able to do that. So uh, we set up a portion of your portfolio. You don't have to set up a separate account. That's kind of what we have to do at Fidelity. You have to actually set up a, an entirely separate account to do that, which is uh, a lot of paperwork, a lot of extra stuff, a lot of extra. In, uh, and then they still have the you know, five buck, you know, when you buy or sell. But, yeah, but I, you know, I still like them. Uh, in fact, they've got a lot of, uh, if you're not going to do that, then they may be the, actually the better firm. Uh, so that's up to you and what you think you're going to do. And that's one of the reasons that we offer that free get to know us meeting. So you can come in, talk for free. There's no charge for that. There's no pressure. We're not a low pressure firm. We are a no pressure firm. Uh, I'm just looking to work with nice people. That's it. Because you know what? Stocks are really volatile. volatile. They don't behave like you think they should. In the long run, they do. In the long run, you go out 10 years from now, all those companies that have grown their sales and profits by 8 to 10% a year, their average annual return is probably somewhere between 8 and 10%. But that's 10 years from now. In the meantime, people get excited about it. Stock price goes way up, way higher than it should. People get upset about it. It goes down farther than it should. And that average annual range is huge. <laughs> it is gigantic. And uh, uh, so we're teaching courses on this. Uh, I do, man, I know I've been promising this for over you know, a year. We've actually brought this out, this product out two, three times. It's uh, called Look Out for the Bull. It's going to be a particular method. And it's not the method that I use to pick Discover Financial Services. That's a different one. It did come up on that screen. That's how I found this. This came up on one of my momentum screens, which I think is, I was like, awesome. All right. I really like that company. Why? It's a credit card company. Unless people quit buying stuff on credit cards, they probably have a fairly you know significant future. I don't think that they're going to stop buying stuff anytime soon. It's got a huge profit margin, huge profit margin, and uh, not quite as big as Visa and MasterCard, but Visa and MasterCard, between the two of them, have about 85% of the credit card market. How is it, how much more can those guys grow? Would you rather have the one with 85% market share or the one with 4 or 5% market share trying to, who's taking market share away from the big boys? The, uh, they're the 800-pound uh, gorillas. And these guys are uh, coming up strong and actually going to be able to, should be a little more flexible. Anyway, um, can't promise that. But what I can tell you is this. They had $10.9 billion in revenue in the past 12 months. It was up 7% year over year. That's pretty good. 7% increase when you're doing almost $11 billion. The, uh, that's a lot. That's really hard to do because you're looking at increasing your sales by almost a billion dollars, you know, the uh, at least 800 million. That That's big. Their profit margins, the net profit margin was 26% last quarter. That's huge. Now with credit cards, when we do go into recession, when people have problems paying things off, when people start getting laid off, they, uh, that profit margin may go, it may even go negative doesn't happen all that often, and then they'll have to uh, uh, cut back. They, you know, they, uh, actually, the share price, will pro people will cut back, not the company. 
Uh, they'll always be willing to lend you money, by the way. Um, you can always find somebody willing to lend you money <laughs> for a price. <laughs> so anyway, bottom line is uh, I really like the company and I like the culture. You know, this is one of those things where you look at the financial statements. You got a company that's got a huge gross profit margin. You got a net profit margin that's off the charts. It's got a 2% dividend. They have a history of raising the dividend over time. The dividend gets treated with uh, a a tax treatment that's more favorable than interest on a CD. And CDs aren't paying 2% and they don't raise the interest rate on a CD once you buy it. You buy the CD, you pay the highest marginal tax rate you're going to pay, and they don't raise the the, uh, interest rate unless interest rates go up all over the place. But uh, stocks, more often than not, these guys have a history of raising their dividend. They're going to try to do that, which is a a good thing. And I think all other things being equal, you know, I'm going to hang on to my Discover. <laughs> and uh, so when I got when I looked at the numbers, then I went to look at the story. That's how I work. I look at the numbers, then I look at the story. I will tell you the average investor, average person sitting out there in the public goes to the story first. They don't, most of them stop right at the story. They don't look at the numbers. So we're going to be uh, talking about this when that, as soon as we can get this um, paperwork out of the way, you know, it is so difficult anymore to start a small business. You should see the forms you have to go through so that you don't get in trouble. I mean, anybody can go out and start a business. You can go use your own social security number and just doing business as and uh, open up a checking account. The risk that you take by doing that is enormous, and I don't want to take any of that kind of risk. So I'm doing it. You know, I've hired a lawyer to file all the paperwork. It is complicated, and especially when somebody puts a typo in your application, <laughs> and then they process it. Like, wait a minute. But uh, anyway, bottom line is the um, lookout for the bull website is going to come. Uh, stocks like this come up on that scan. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to write about them. I'm going to uh, invest in them in, in the future. And this is probably going to be September, October. Um, man, maybe even November before I'm actually able to do this. One of the reasons I, I wanted to use uh, E-Trade Advisor Services was because I'll be able to include anybody that wants to be that's a client. Okay, So if you wanted to buy, uh, say, Discover Financial Services, when I do, I'm going to put it in all of our accounts at the same time. Uh, and it'll be in the same percentages. It will not be 100% of your money, by the way. I, n- I would never do that. I wouldn't recommend that you... You should not be going more than 4 to 5% in one company. That is not safe. I don't care what Kramer says. <laughs> he, he means well. And I know, what he's, you know, I know what he's talking about. Realistically, you need 20 stocks minimally. Most funds have a couple hundred in them. Okay. So 20 stocks makes you like insanely aggressive according to the average institutional investor. You... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm telling you, 20 stocks pretty good. So you wouldn't have more than 5% of your money in, in something if you knew what you were doing. If you were picking stuff based on the numbers and the story, then you're doing pretty good. The numbers and the story. Just like uh, Discover Financial Services. Why do I like it? It's a credit card company. I've got a long history of being very profitable. The uh, The valuation, the numbers, which we're going to go that that 60-second test. I went through it very quickly. I'm sure most people at the seminar don't even remember, by the way, because it's so quick. 
So you got to kind of do that over and over and, until you just memorize it, kind of like driving a car. Uh, very similar to that, actually. It's it's not that difficult. So we'll fi- you see why you're buying something based on the financial statements, but and um, you also get to match match that up with why you like it from an emotional standpoint. Uh, I just like a lot of the things they do there, and a lot of the the touches that they have. That those are the things that parts of the story that people get caught up in. Uh, anyway, long story short, we'll talk about more of that. We'll be able to offer more of those things in the future. We're always working to improve the services that we offer at Bloomington Capital. So if you're interested in any of this, you can give us a call. And this is funny. I remember Sintas. It just came up on a scan again. We talked about this one on the radio. i got to go back and see when that was. That thing yesterday went up 8.74% in in a day. Uh, and we, back when we were talking about it, it's, well, it's about 30%. So that's not a huge gain, but that, that's pretty good though. The, uh, actually when 8% of it came in one day, that, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, it's not an undervalued stock anymore. It's right about where it should be. So if I were looking to buy it today, I probably wouldn't. The, uh, and to learn more about why I said all that, you'll need to tune back in next week because we're getting close to the end of the show. Actually, there it is. <laughs> hey, you've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning, 11 noon, fourteen twenty. also available on the Fish's podcast, 955thefish.com. Have a good week of investing and good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 